On this episode of the 5P Podcast, I'm sitting down with Mr. Michael Bloomling Jr., who's running for the 43rd District 21 seat in the House of Representatives, and we'll get into his opponent and all of that other fun stuff later on. But he's a fellow veteran. He's an Army veteran. I know that he's familiar with the five-paragraph operations order. So without further ado, Michael, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I appreciate it, Michael. It's great to have another uh, EBV grad entrepreneur bootcamp for veterans. Uh, yeah. So we can connect. And that's another uh, connection we have. That's actually how we met. So, you know, we have all these little networks of how we get involved in media and national politics, military. And so it's great to have other leaders who are out here uh, coming back home. And, and we want to fight for our veterans and we want to fight for our communities because that's what this is all about. Absolutely. Well, all right. So great. So you told the folks how we met at the Institute of Veterans and Military Families at EBV. We're both graduates thereof. We've met at the different conferences that they hold in different places across the U.S. And then all of a sudden you walk up to me one time and you go, hey, man, I'm running for Congress. What made you want to run for Congress? Well, you know, the thing is this, when, you, when you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you write books, you, you know, you're out in the public eye. And, you know, for us, we're service oriented. I think the majority of, of leaders, non-commissioned officers, officers who come back here, you know, they serve their country. You know, I was overseas for three and a half of the four years. And when you come back home, it's so, it's so refreshing to like welcome, you know, to feel like you're a part of something, a community. And when our veterans come back here and they're injured or they, you know, they gave, we give so much to this country and service. And when they come back here and you can kind of see some of the pain or the things that they're going through, you know, right. you're like something inside you just was like, okay, you know what? Let's help our other Americans, our fellow brothers and sisters who serve. Let's give them the resources. That's why I wrote one of the books I wrote, Bridging the Gap from Soldier to Civilian, A Roadmap to Success mm -hmm. for Veterans. So we can kind of streamline the process and give that information back to the community so they can go out, start businesses, pay taxes, help to stimulate the economy, but more importantly, help their, their neighbors to be better, you know, Americans and help us, you know, our national security is at threat. You look at Iran right now. So we have a lot of things that we can really get into and talk about, but this is the motivation because when you see these things happening and you see members of Congress, they're not doing anything. We need somebody to step up and that's people right. like you, Michael and myself, because you know, we're paying it forward and those are the kind of leaders we need. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, especially with a service-oriented a service -oriented background. Folks who have added value to multiple situations, even in austere environments. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, you are in the 21st District of Florida, correct? Yeah, yes. That's down here in Palm Beach County. So it's Palm mm -hmm. Beach, West Palm Beach, Wellington, and it goes out to West Boca, Delray, Boynton. So a lot of people come down here. It's a big tourist spot. A lot of people here see oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, right now, the, the climate here, Lois Frankel, she's the incumbent. She's been down here. She was mayor of West Palm Beach. There's not one Memorial Day event in West Palm, and it's the biggest city in Palm Beach County on Memorial Day. So that tells you the kind of problems that right. they're facing down here. And, you know, I spent a lot of time up in Virginia, Washington, D.C., you know, as an investigator for the feds and, and working for the governor of Virginia, you know, running the veteran program up there. And so when you come back here, you know, I want to have roots. You know, I was born in the military at Fort uh, Benning. My whole family has served, you know, just continue to that service to country, duty, honor country, family. And, yeah. you know, coming down here, you know, I want to establish roots. And I, this time I've been back about two, almost about two and a half years. 
and you see the climate here, like not really a lot of jobs, you know, the middle class shrinking, a lot of retirees down here, and you start to realize. And then another thing is I had to go to Broward County to get on a board for veterans on, for Mission United. I was vice chair of Mission United down in Broward right. County. But they don't have anything like that here in Palm Beach. I think they're just trying no to get that. No veteran representation at all. Yeah. And then, you know, we had the veteran who committed suicide at the West Palm Beach VA hospital and, and the wife, you know, I've been trying to help her and the, you know, the VA is trying to cover it up. And, you know, she had actually, uh, Davis Baker acted him to try to, you know, get him help in, into a position and he ended up committing suicide while he's supposed to be under VA care. And so these are the kind of things that we have to advocate for in Congress. I don't feel that we're doing a good enough job. That's why I want to get in there and, you know, get my hands dirty because that's what it takes, man. We got to fight for our veterans and their families. I hear you. Okay. So I hear what you're saying as far as for veterans and what have you, but as far as putting together a, the greater overall situation, let's say for our 5P listeners, because they know that we have each episode is in a 5P format. It's similar to a fragmentary order, like what we use in the military, right? So in outlining this situation, give me three distinct needs of the people that are in your district. Well, the number one need is fraud, waste, and abuse against retirees. And uh, that's a big thing, the social services. You look at the back, the back race fraud was a, a multi-million dollar fraud that insurance industries and um, practitioners, physicians, entrepreneurs, they're stealing from Medicare patients. And so how that's affecting our senior citizens is their cost of their premiums are going up because of fraud that's happening. So we got to stop the fraud and insurance happening against our senior citizens. Um, Another thing that's happened here in Palm Beach County is sex trafficking. Now, Florida's the number three state for sex trafficking. This is where Jeffrey Epstein was. He had his home on Palm Beach Island. And a lot of people talk about these things but they were going into the schools here in Palm Beach County in vulnerable populations, recruiting the kids. And that's a major, major problem. Absolutely. Another another problem is education reform. Uh, You know, the quality of education in South Florida, um, you know, you can see through the the Democrats are trying to indoctrinate our kids. They're trying to, you know, we need to have the protection. You look at Parkland, it wasn't in this district, the shooting, but we have to protect our kids. And there's a lot of debate that's going on about safety of our children at schools. And we need to harden our schools. We need to have policies in place. And we also have veterans who are trained in these positions, these jobs to help protect our kids schools. And I think that's really important. So I think overall, the community wants to see more jobs. They want to see their kids protected and they want to make sure that you know, they do retire here in Palm Beach County. It's a beautiful place to retire. Absolutely. A lot of people love the Caribbean weather and, and you know, the beaches and all that, but we got to preserve it so that they can, because if not, you know, you see a lot of homelessness right now in our senior population. Right. Oh yeah. I've seen it before. Okay, so everything that you're talking about here, the full scope, the full picture, we're talking about senior, we're talking about frauds as far as Medicare, we're talking about the education system, talking about securing our children within those places, the full breadth of it. What are you, what are you focusing on first, right? Well, so what's your mission statement? Well, the main, the main, my main mission is to serve the community, to provide resources and education opportunities to build up the middle class and eliminate fraud, waste, and abuse. That's my platform. That's what I'm running on because that's what the American people need. They need an opportunity. If you give them something free, 
what are they going to do? They're going to go squandered. It's kind of like the parable in the Bible. You know, you, the, the three different people get the same amount of money. One goes and buries it. One goes, squanders it, and one replenishes it. You know, they right. reproduce it. And so that's, you know, that's what we have to do as, as Americans. I believe the American dream in our Constitution is teaching the citizens how to hunt and fish in a capitalistic environment so they can go out and they can prosper. When you just give someone or you have socialism or communism, you don't want a government so large. As we saw right. with President Barack Obama, more veterans weren't, you know, magically, you know, in better situations or less suicide because government was getting bigger. More services weren't being provided, even though the government was growing larger. I worked in the federal government under Barack Obama when I came back from my, you know, on my service to America. And big government doesn't work. It doesn't help. More people no. are being discriminated against. No, you know, there's there's just outliners that, you know, you think that, oh, well, government's going to help us. And that's the worst case scenario. You definitely don't want that. All right. Well, Milton Friedman talked about it and Thomas Solis echoed it, fellow veteran, fellow Marine. And that is if you gave somebody money, right, no matter what, there's always going to be some error of judgment in how they spend or how they invest that money. Whereas if you have received money based on sweat that you have put in or cost, then begets you some sort of revenue in return you're going to spend or invest that wisely. And so it's basically, it's, there is no trip essentially within a government that says, oh, okay, we've gone too far. You know, our founding fathers originally talked about this in the convention of the states a long time ago. We just had a convention in the states here in North Carolina not too long ago. But they're talking about what is that trigger in order to reduce government, right? Because in government, if it doesn't work, Unlike in business, they'll redouble their efforts. See, in business, if it doesn't work for me, I just disappear. It's not like I can all of a sudden redouble how many employees I had and how much money I had. And then, oh, but in government, that's exactly how it works. Oh, well, they, the mission was off. They didn't have enough people or enough resources or enough money. So we're going to either construct an organization that looks just like it side by side, thus growing erroneously, the government overall, which is to little to no benefit to anybody except for the people who dwell within those buildings, right? And they're sapping our money and let alone where that money is potentially going overseas, right? Because that's another huge thing that's happening, especially within southeastern Florida, where you're talking about, where there's a whole lot of money that's leaving that area and it's going overseas. To, let's say, for instance, very bad people who do not mean the American voters any, you know, any proper respect or anything like that. They're sending bad people our way. So what do we do? How do we reduce government? What is the trigger that we put in? How do we even eliminate some of these redundancies? Well, you yeah, you touched on a lot of great things, Michael. First of all, is term limits. We got to have term limits on our politicians. Okay, but the, the second thing is we have to be fiscally responsible. Being fiscally responsible in, in contrast to what you're saying is basically, oh, let's just have a blank check and we'll kick it down the street and somebody else will pay for it. That's why China wants to own our ports. That's why the international community, we're in debt to almost everybody, but thank God for our president, Donald J. Trump, he's starting to put America first because, oh, guess what? 
while we're in debt to China, the infrastructure here, bridges, roads are falling apart. I mean, drive down your streets here in Palm Beach County, you're, you're on 95 South. I mean, you might, as well just, you might as well just get ready for a new shock system and new tires on your vehicle, or you're going to have an illegal driving down the road that's going to try to kill you, or, you know, which this is happening. I mean, there's like 20 million illegals in America right now, undocumented, right. and a lot of them are terrorists. They want to harm us. So that's a major threat when it comes to immigration. And that's another item that's so, so important. You know, we definitely got to have the wall. We got to protect our borders. But it just isn't in Texas, Nevada, Arizona. It's in Florida, too. Immigration is a problem down here. and We got to fight it. And exactly as you said, then the dollars are coming here illegally with the opioid crisis, with drugs, sex trafficking. These are billion-dollar industries where terrorists and people who want to do harm to America, to the Constitution, are getting their hands on financial means. And then they're shipping it downrange. Oh, well, on top of that, you, have, you had a president, Barack Obama, who gave billions of dollars to Iran. And Iran turned around to use us to kill our American brothers and sisters downrange, IEDs and IEPs. And these things are, these are major deterrents to freedom and democracy. Absolutely. When you have, you have casualties on the battlefield and you have threats to the American way of life. And then you see Iran as a result, then they're doubling down and then they're in Iraq and Afghanistan helping to funnel that American money that we had as, a, as an asset that was frozen, which Obama gave back to them, which I think he should be in prison for. I, I just, I can't understand how, and then on American planes. So we're taking American military planes and delivering pallets of cash to a terrorist nation. Yeah, oh yeah, I photographic evidence. I mean, it's right there. So that's the other side of this is, this is photographic evidence. This is well-documented. The case against these folks, the, the treasonous folks that are out there, to use the greatest crime in America, not lightly, treason. That's exactly what it boils down to. It's treason. And I believe that their day is coming. Don't get me wrong. As far as those people at the top, who did what they did. It's not just spying on a campaign, what have you. It's making an attempt to overthrow the executive branch of the Republic. That, that right there is treason. And the penalty for it is death. Well, that's what we need to get to. We need to get back to our judicial principles and the foundation of this country. Right now, if white collar crime is getting pushed under, for example, Laura Loomer, she's one of the people that's running against me. We have six or seven Republicans who are running against me. And you have more rhinos in Congress than anybody. You know, oh, you yeah. look at, um, and because really, it's really not even a battle of Republicans or Democrats. It's a battle of a globalist. There's a new world order. People really just want to have two classes, the right. rich and the poor. They want to have the 1% who are rich and then the poor who are basically slaves and you're enslaved to the system and to the government. You might as well just put a chip in your arm right now if that's what you want to have socialism, communism, oh. and you want to have dictatorship in this country. Right. But when you have people like Brian Mast, who served our country, got both his legs blown off. He's in Congress right now. And then he's voting as a liberal 48% of the time. I respect him as an American hero, but as a politician and as a, as a human being, I have no respect for him. I mean, he's voting for, for things. He wants the American taxpayer to pay for a transgender operation if you're serving mm -hmm. in the military. I mean, this is a guy who served, and, he, and he's partnering with Nancy Pelosi against the Second Amendment. So, like, these kind of things that are happening, the American people just turn an eye to because, look, they just want bread in their, in their refrigerator. 
milk, milk in the refrigerator, their lights on, their mortgage paid. The, the average citizen is just wants to, you know, they want a better quality of life. And that's why we need people in Congress who are going to stand up and fight. But people like, you know, they got six or seven people in the race. Uh, Laura Loomer, for example, she's one of the people I'm running against. She went and jumped the fence at Nancy Pelosi's house. Right. Now, yep. I understand. Nancy Pelosi is a terrible person. She should be in prison. She's just, you know, she's not helpful to the American people. She's, right. I mean, how does somebody become a multimillionaire in U.S. Congress? I mean, that's the thing. Is like, how does somebody in that position? You have to be so a crook. Rich. There's right. special interest. There's so many. There's so many things that are happening. And then you look at Elijah Cummings. You know, he just passed away. But look, he got. He had all that money from the Obama administration. And Baltimore is the biggest crime capital of the world, almost in America. Yep. And it's like, you know, where's the money going? Where is where is the nobody's doing an audit of a, of you know we get as citizens right. we have the IRS, which is basically the mafia. They go after small business owners, but the rich get all the loopholes. They're able to just basically do whatever they want to do. And then, oh, 2008, the financial crisis happens. A couple people, um, you know, end up losing, you know, like um, uh, what's the one company that um, ended up getting shut down in 2008, the financial crisis. Um, was it, was uh, it G? The Lehman Brothers, the Lehman Brothers, Lehman <laughs> right. Brothers. You get a few of them like Lehman Brothers who get slaps on the wrist. But guess actually, 2008 sucked up a lot of small banks. So actually that grew right. the large government. Absolutely it did. And, and, and then we're going to bail them out. People. We're going to bail out all of these other ones so that we can government control all of these other ones. Absolutely. The tail so back is to Laura Loomer. Back to Laura Loomer. So she jumps a fence. Now think about it. Somebody from a vulnerable population, if they trespass, guess what happens? They're going to go to prison and they're going to have a hard time getting a job. Their whole life is going to be ruined because of a crime against them. But here she jumps on Nancy Pelosi's property and she just gets a warning. So what kind of message are we sending here that, oh, people from vulnerable populations, that they just deserve to be in prison and work, you know, minimum wage jobs? No, I mean, this isn't the environment that we need for the American people. We need to have an economy and an infrastructure that's booming, creating jobs and helping people to create their own business, you know, give people opportunities to be business owners and not Absolutely. rely on the federal government for social services. See, and this is why I wanted to have you on is because with 5P, we're talking about discussing not just the plan, the five paragraph operations order, and that's all well and good. You, it sounds to me like you have a plan. Okay. But also putting that in action and understanding that, you know, hey, plans are great. They're also imperfect. The second that you step outside the wire and a bullet zings past your head, they're damn near useless, right? But you have a process in place for being able to go and affect change up in Washington. At least that's what I'm hearing here. All right, now let me press something to you, and I just got to ask this. If it were to come up, if it were a bill to where members of Congress were audited, once per term, would you vote for that bill? Absolutely. I think, you know, we just need transparency. I think Republicans want transparency. For I'd never done a drug in my life. I grew up in a very hostile, you know, environment as a kid. My father tried to kill me when I was five. He was in the USS Kitty Hawk in Vietnam and just, you know, came back. He had a lot of, you know, he just liked to party and have a good time. And, you know, my mom and myself were a victim of that, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I had a very traumatic childhood. 
But, you know, I saw what drugs and, and alcoholism and all these things, how that affects families. And I've never done a drug in my life. I never, you know, once my dad got arrested for abusing me and put in prison, the cops beat him up. That's why the abuse was worse because when I went back home, after he tried to kill me, the system put me back home. So my whole life, and you know, I wrote a book on abuse, turning the page as well, but my whole life I've, I've realized that you have to keep your name clean. If you don't have anything to hide, then there, if somebody comes and wants to do, like I just had an audit of my business in 2016. The federal government, the IRS, they did an audit. I'm a small business owner, and I don't own that business anymore, but I was a small business owner. And they said, well, you're, you owe $5,500 um, you know, from the audit, but go show us all your paperwork and everything, and you know, it'll get, everything will be fine. You know, Just like a regular audit like any business would have. Well, I'm a small business owner, Michael Blooming Jr., just me. So it would cost three to $5,000 for my accountant to do that. Luckily, I had a friend who, who was able to, to, he did a lot, I had all the paperwork, so I submitted it, so I got a balance of zero. So look at the financial hardship that would have had on me as a small business owner being audited. But right. I had all the paperwork, and I, I wasn't mad that they audited me, because I had, it was just a burden on me because the amount of work that put into it. Or it's so, an asshole. Yeah, the, the point is, if you have transparency, you have nothing to be afraid of. I have nothing to be afraid of. I've never done anything in my life except try to drive good change. But right. I have a value system and morals. But the people that don't want transparency are people that are criminals and white collar crime. And that's what you see in Congress. That's the right. problem. See, and I ask you this question because I am all about the process. Okay, with 5P, it is a process. To echo the words of Simon Sinek, who is a civilian, never served a day in his life, and he talks about the financial crisis in 2008. Now, the military wouldn't necessarily know what to do straight away, but we have a process that's in place. What a lot of folks will do, and, and they will admit this, my mother retired as an executive out of a, a very large sector, okay? And she wound up saying, well, that, that holds exactly true. Civilians will either plan in two different fashions. One is, when it's prescribed, we're going to do our annual planning retreat. We're going to put together our business plan. It's going to be great. Or in the middle of an emergency with their hair on fire, they're, who is the plan? How are we going to do this? Is if there's a placard or a card or something that they could just immediately, unless you apply a process to it and that process exists, it's all holding us accountable including the people who put together the process. And that's what we had when we were serving in the military. Think about, I, I had the ability to request mass. I could go all the way up to my commanding general if I wanted. You could too. We had those things that were in place. We understood what was expected of us, you know, responsibility-wise while we were there. But it was also kind of nice being like, hey, buddy, stay in your own lane. You don't need to be looking over my shoulder all the time. I'm going off doing my own thing. It's a structure. It's something which the process out there on the table holds us all accountable. And that's why I ask you whether or not being audited as a congressman, you've already been audited. Man, that would, that would grab my gears. I'm not going to lie. I would be heated. I would be a little heated. I, there's a sign on my front door, I swear to God, that says no solicitors, no government. I'm not even playing around. The pizza guy always gets a chuckle whenever he sees it. It's just, it's like, no, leave me alone. 
I'm a private citizen. I have my liberties. I wish to go do that which I want to do. So long as I'm not harming anybody else, it doesn't matter, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Isn't that what people always say? So long as I'm not hurting anybody. And it's like, maybe that's a little bit more libertarian than conservative. I myself am a registered Republican and a conservative. I want to shrink the government to about the size of a shoebox so that all of us can stare at it. It's the most dangerous thing in the entire world. More people have been killed through the government than any other pandemic across. They've killed more folks by government than the plague. Okay, that's the other reason that a conservative says, hey, it's all well and good. We have programs, everybody, blah, blah, blah. I'm a person who honestly believes that we have enough non-for-profits that are out there in the world that we could probably take care of just darn near any problem that we needed to as a population of people. I truly believe that. And we've seen it before in the harshest of environments. I mean, you and I have seen third world countries where it's like, I don't even know how these people are staying together. Because it's certainly not the government that's helping all of the people that are staying together. Tribalism, to an extent, is definitely helping those people in the harshest of environments, like Afghanistan. It's like, how in the heck do the Pashtun people actually keep all of this together? And they do have a system of local government with a baseline representation. But who they base that on? America. You know, and that and survival. I mean, a big part of it is just the human instincts of survival. I mean, you're absolutely right. In third world countries, I mean, they're, here in America, people are very fortunate. I mean, that's why we do have the immigration problem and people do want to come here and they want asylum. They want all these things, but we want to make sure that you're vetted. I mean, an, an immigration policy that's good for America and the American people, I support 100%. But yeah. We need to find out who people are and why they're here. And you talk about some other things that tie into to exactly what you're saying. And you talk about sanctuary cities. First of all, we cannot, we can't have sanctuary cities. That's terrible. Governor DeSantis last year was able to, uh, down here in Florida, was able to, you know, declare uh, uh, Florida a sanctuary city free state, which is fantastic because, you know, what they're doing with this, you know, they're preventing ICE, you know, so you say you want big government, then you have ICE who's going to come in and try to get, take these undocumented people and get them out of here. But then right. they're prohibited or being attacked. And I mean, these people look at the police brutality and, you know, I think like transparency and accountability, that's so important. You know, even with the body cams, you know, I think that's a good thing. Have transparency. Absolutely, you know? yeah. I love the police. I love the fire. We have to support them in our communities, but give them the tools and the training to be able to do their jobs. Don't send them out there on a suicide mission for themselves when they're just trying to do their job. You know, some people go above and beyond, but that's a, a small anomaly. At the end of the day, those people are regular Americans. They're just putting food on the table there for their families. Yeah. You know, like in New York, you know, water thrown on police and, and cops, you know, rolling down the street and having water guns shot. You know, there was this video out the other day. A cop was driving down the street and, and uh, you know, getting shot with water guns. You know, and, you know, it's not necessarily a crime, but do we really, is this what America is? Like, you know, you, you, you know, American soldiers come back home, we get spit on, you know what I mean? It's just like, we're just following orders. You know, when people came back from Vietnam, you know, being all these things, again, there's a small population that falls into right. it. But at the end of the day, the, they're just, we're just doing our jobs. We're following orders. We're raising our hands and we want to do the right thing at the right time. And we want to come back home. We don't need anything special. We just want to feel valued and appreciated for the work we did downrange. And I think that's, you know, what I learned is that everybody who served this country is a hero. 
It's just how you carry, conduct yourself back home is really what establishes yourselves. And that's on you individually. Absolutely. Well, okay. We've got to close things up. This is fantastic. Honestly, I could sit down and just chat with you for hours and we have before. That's why I knew that this would work. All right. So tell me what your desired end state for the Florida 21st district will wind up being. But I desired end state, if you could paint a utopian dream, a balanced utopian dream, if you could, if you could apply it, what do you, what do you have in mind for the folks in your district? What I want to do in Palm Beach County in District 21 is I want to have workforce and economic development. We haven't had a lot of business growth down here in Palm Beach County. I want to bring businesses. You look at California, people are leaving California, businesses are leaving California. I mean, they're, they're, they're actually in a state, a civil war from a perspective. It's really bad out there. And Virginia's oh, not far behind it right now because the governor there, Northam, who I met before when I was working up in Virginia, um, after McCullough, I mean, the guy's a racist, but I mean, you, you yes, look at he is. what he's trying to do with the Second Amendment and seize people's guns. I mean, the, I'm yeah. telling you, a militia is about to be formed in this country. Oh, yeah. American people are not down for this. No. But here in Palm Beach County, I want to make sure that the kids are protected. I want to make sure there's more school choice for our parents. I want to make sure that there's businesses and entrepreneurs and, you know, veteran businesses and, and people giving the opportunity to, to make something for themselves. And everybody that was involved in sex trafficking um, from the Sheriff of Palm Beach County, Rick Bradshaw, all the way down, anybody who's involved with any criminal activity, putting them in prison so that we can have a system that's fair and we have justice for the American people. Right on. All right. Last thing, and I knew that that was the last thing, but where do people go to register to vote and then vote for you? Well, you know, they can go onto the Florida election website to register to vote, but here in Palm Beach County, we have the Palm Beach County election office. You can sign up and enroll through that. Um, also, you can go on my website, michaelbloomlingforcongress.com. Um, you can also, we need volunteers, we need fundraising, we need all the support that we can get. Um, you know, I need veteran volunteers. You know, it's, it's hard down here. We need more veteran programs in Palm Beach County. Help me help you. Help put a, you know, an MRE in my backpack and, and put some rounds in my chamber so I can go out here and execute. So it's a, it's a real big movement, but it's, it starts with the people, for the people. And I'm only one voice, so it takes all of us, you, Michael, myself, a lot of people getting out here and, uh, and leaving no stone unturned. Amen. All right. Well, I applaud your efforts and continue to grind out there. Thank you so much for joining me here on the 5P Podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for clicking subscribe, rating, reviewing the show across all of our aggregators. And we welcome you also to be a part of the 5P Inner Circle. Join the Inner Circle. That's where you're going to see the live or the full interview with Michael Bloomling. If you haven't uh, already checked it out, go to 5paragraph.com. Join the 5P Inner Circle. You'll get the full interview and everything that we discussed here today. So, hey, Mike, Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you being here. Thanks, man. Brother. Thank you so much, man. God bless you and your family in 2020, man. We need it. Thank, thank you. you. And God bless you and yours as well. Thanks. Brother. All right. Take care. Be well.